0: And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. And Paul is giving us a number of benefits of being led by the Holy Spirit. The first one he gives us is in verse 10, Romans 8, verse 10. And we have the benefit of life. There is no life outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and lives. Romans 8 and verse 10, Paul said, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. In other words, there's death in these physical bodies. However, despite all of that, he goes on to say, The Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, that's not righteousness on our part. Because we have no righteousness. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. So the righteousness that is referred to here is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect life, never sinned one time. And he died on Calvary's cross. But death had no right to hold him because he never sinned one time. And his resurrection is proof of that perfect life and the Bible says in John 14 verse 19 because he lives we shall live also amen and uh, the second benefit that we have is that the Holy Spirit quickens our mortal bodies look at verse 11 if you will about midway, to the latter part of that verse, the Bible says, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Now, some want to restrict this to the resurrection rapture. Now, it does refer to that to a certain degree, but Paul used the word mortal here in this verse, and it refers to their p- to power being available to us now, right now. We have the power in these physical bodies to live a life that's pleasing to God, to live a holy life, a life uh, to where you're not dominated by the sin nature. And I think we dealt with this last week. What, what does it mean to live and overcoming Christian life. You know, someone said, we sin a little bit every day. How can you sin a little bit every day, be tempted, and whatever the case, and and be living a victorious, overcoming Christian life? Well, you got to understand, as long as you're in this world, this flesh is going to desire certain things. Okay? And all of us are different, and all of us desire different things. Uh, We go to the Krispy Kreme. Some of you may eat one donut and quit. Some of us may not stop till the whole box is gone. (laughs) Yeah, right. And some of you, uh, you you don't have a problem with with cigarettes. The rest of us better keep a distance from it, okay? Some of us need to avoid the, the lottery tickets in the grocery store. And so each one of us deal, there are certain things in the flesh, as long as you're in this flesh, uh, you're, you're going. There, there, there are weaknesses there. And uh, we're in this world, and there's a constant pull of the world, the things of the world. There's nothing wrong with fishing, nothing wrong with hunting, nothing wrong with playing ball, okay? But When your hobbies begin to intrude on your relationship with God, then we've got a problem. So you have this pull of the world, the things of the world that's pulling at you, and then you've also got the devil that's taking advantage of your weaknesses, the world, and and all of that. And if he didn't take advantage of it, he wouldn't be a good devil. So... So, so you've got all this coming against you, but we have the Holy Spirit in our mortal bodies right now. He quickens our mortal bodies. And uh, if you look there in verse 13, Paul said, If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So that deals with bad habits. That we may have weaknesses of the flesh. There are certain deeds that need to be put off certain bad habits that need to be laid aside. The Holy Spirit will give us the power, whatever means is necessary to overcome that particular thing in our life. But it's only made possible as we continue to keep our faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary's cross, and that exclusively. It needs nothing else added to it. You can't say, well, I believe in Christ and His finished work, but I also believe you've got to fast twice a week. No, you, you've just messed everything up. It's Christ and His finished work alone. Now, some of us need to fast. (laughs) Some of us a little more than others. But your victory is not in fasting. You know, sooner or later you're going to have to eat. Okay, so your victory is not in fasting. Your victory is in what Jesus did at Calvary. Okay, number three, third benefit, verse 14 of Romans chapter 8. We've been adopted into the family. Let's look at it. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father." Prior to the cross, the Jews looked at their relationship to God as being that of a servant. God gave the commandments, and we're keeping the commandments of God, or at least that's what they claimed. At least that's what they uh, thought they were doing. But under the New Covenant, the New Testament, since Jesus died on Calvary, and we put our faith in his finished work, uh, we've been adopted into the family. Which means we have a much closer relationship to God than what the Old Testament saints had. We are now a child of God. We now have the honor and the privilege of being able to call God our Father. And Jesus said in John 15, verse 16, he said, You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So we have a heavenly Father, and we can go and ask him for whatever we want, Nothing wrong with asking, but don't get upset if he don't give it to you. Okay, God knows best. There's certain things that he wants us to have, but there's some things, if you don't know how to handle it, it'll kill you. Hello? All right. I mean, I'm sure some of you've got grandkids, and I'm, I'm sure, Brother Robert, you won't Want them to learn how to use that gun you got, but they're a little bit too young right now. they ain't big enough, they ain't old enough, but there'll come a time when they prove themselves and whatever the case and uh you'll you'll feel better about letting them do that, okay, and God's the same way we ask him for things at times, and he knows it's not in our best interest and he just understand when God says no, it's in our best interest, and we may not understand it all, but Just just the way it is. All right, fourth benefit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. Take a look at verse 16. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit stirs us to pray. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin in our lives. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. Now, if, if you ever hear a preacher say that God doesn't speak to him, you need to run away from that man because that man ain't saved. Okay, You can't get saved unless the Spirit of God speaks to you. And let me tell you, I believe that the Spirit of God speaks to everybody in this world at some point in time before they draw their last breath. Now, they might not, they might not recognize it as such but I believe God speaks to everybody at some point in time or the other. All right, benefit number five. We have an inheritance, if you will. Look at verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now, under Roman law, when a child was adopted into the family, they were to receive just as much inheritance as the one born into the family. Let me say that again. Under Roman law, when a child was adopted into the family, they were to receive just as much inheritance as the one who was born into the family. One day, you and I are going to inherit the earth to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ for a thousand years. But wait a minute, there's a catch to it now. There's a catch to it. Take a look at what he said. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him. If so be that we suffer with him. There's a lot of suffering in this world. Everybody suffers. You ain't getting out of this world alive. Okay? Uh, th- th- at some point in time, you're going to experience pain, sickness, heartache, things that kill, steal, and destroy. And all of these things are in this world, and we all suffer because of those things. But those are not the types of things that Paul is referring to here. He's talking about a special suffering. He said if we suffer with Him, if we suffer with Christ. You see, there is a hatred in this world for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other name in the world that's more profane, lambasted, lampoon, blasphemed, more than the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 15, 18, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. And our association with Christ means that the world is going to hate us. It means that the world is going to hate the church. If the church is lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ and we are promoting the Lord Jesus Christ, the world out there is going to hate us. When the the world starts loving the church, we got a problem. All right. There's always been great persecution against the child of God. And some have had to die because of their faith. But all who suffer with Christ will receive an inheritance. Which brings me to benefit number 6. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If so be we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, back up in verse 11. Uh, Paul talked about the quickening of the mortal body. And that sort of kind of can go for the rapture. But that's power for now. But now this verse right here most definitely deals with the resurrection, the rapture of the church. What good is it to receive an inheritance if your body is so wore out you can't enjoy it? Think about it. It ain't. It ain't no good. The Bible says in 1 John 3 and verse 2, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. In other words, right now we've only got a down payment. We've got a tiny portion of what's coming. Because when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now all of these benefits that I've just mentioned are contingent upon our identifying and suffering with the Lord Jesus Christ, which speaks of the cross. Because all of these benefits were made possible through and by the cross. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself and take up the cross daily. And follow me. And he told that to his disciples. And crucifixions took place all around them constantly. They knew what a cross did to a man. When a man took up a cross, he was not coming back. See, And there is a suffering that we endure by identifying with Christ. But the benefits far outweigh the suffering that we endure now because the Holy Spirit counted it all up and he said there in verse 18, Romans 8 verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. All that we're going through right now is nothing. Nothing compared to what's coming when the trump of God sounds. Even creation is awaiting that moment. Take a look at verse 19. Paul said, For the earnest expectation of the creature that has to do with creation both animate and inanimate objects in creation. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, the Greek word for manifestation is apokalypsis, And the word apocalypse comes from it. It has to do with an unveiling or an uncovering. Uh, In the book of Revelation, it has to do with an unveiling or an uncovering of end-time events. And it says here, Waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The next greatest event on the horizon of time is the resurrection rapture of the church. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. There's your resurrection. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be called up. To meet them in the air. Now all of that's going to take place in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. You got some people who say, "Oh, I believe in the resurrection. I don't believe in all that rapture stuff." It's all going to happen so quick in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Resurrection, rapture, dead in Christ going up, then you and I going up to meet the Lord in the air. We're all going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. When the resurrection rapture takes place, at some point in time, the great tribulation period will begin. Seven years of great tribulation like the world has never known before, and at the end of that time, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back, and you and I are going to come back with Him at the second coming to this earth. And the Bible says here in Romans eight nineteen, The earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. When we come back with the Lord Jesus Christ, He's going to set up His kingdom to rule and reign for a thousand years, and the curse that is currently upon creation at that time is going to be lifted. Take a look at verse 20. Romans 8 verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity. Dana, if you will, go to Psalm 8. Psalm chapter 8. uh, Pick it up verse 4 if you can. For the creature was made subject to vanity. That's what Paul said in Romans 8 verse 20. When God created this world, He created man to have dominion over everything. And in Psalms 8 verse 4, the Bible says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the Son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, the beast of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. So all of creation was made subject to man. In the very beginning, because God created man, told him to have dominion over everything. And when man fell, creation fell with him. The same curse, God said, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. All of creation fell to a point of death. And dying as well. For the creature was made subject to vanity, but not willingly, Paul said. Romans 8 verse 20. Not willingly. It wasn't creation's fault. The mess that we're in right now is not the fault of our environment. It's because man sinned. But by the reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Now this speaks of God who passed the judgment of death upon creation because of what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. But at the same time, God gave us hope. That hope was the seed of the woman, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is going to rectify everything. Take a look at Romans 8, verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. That's death. Like I said, when man fell, all of creation fell. Here just a few weeks ago, we were up in the mountains. We rode over to Mount Mitchell. And the girls begin to notice the higher up in the elevation that we got, a lot of the trees up there are dying. And they asked, what, what's going on? What's happening to the trees? And when we got over there at Mount Mitchell, they had a thing there on one of them um, consoles there that, that's telling you what all is going on. There's a fungus, and there's little bugs up there eating, and, and acid rain. Because of all the pollution and stuff. So there's a number of different things that's, that's killing the trees up there. But despite all of those trees that were dead and dying, it was still a beautiful place. See, But we can't imagine a world with no death and dying in it. But all of creation fell when man fell. And let me tell you this. When man is delivered, all of creation will be delivered as well. He said there, Romans 8, verse 21, latter part of that verse, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Take a look at that portion, if you will. Into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That phrase. Glorious liberty can also be flipped around and said this way, the liberty of the glorified. We can't imagine what a glorified body is going to be like. This physical body is so frail, so flawed, and it's only getting weaker as the days go on. And some people are just restricted to a wheelchair. Some people are restricted to a hospital bed. They're not the person that they used to be because of this physical body. And we cannot even begin to imagine what a glorified body is going to be like. Brother Jimmy, you ain't going to have to worry about them back pains no more. (laughs) amen miss Betty you ain't got to worry about them heart problems no more no more blood issues brother John you're going to have a full head of hair amen we're going to be restored to what God originally intended and then some on top of that that we can't imagine what God has got in store for us one day and the glorious liberty, the, the, the liberty of this glorified body is also going to sound the bell, if you will, for the liberation of all creation. That's what Paul is talking about here in this verse. Dana, if you will, go to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11, move down, if you will, to verse 6. Isaiah 11, verse 6. This is what is coming as it pertains to creation in the not too distant future. Isaiah 11, verse 6. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. That's unheard of now. That wolf will tear that lamb all to pieces. But there's coming a day when the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the sucking child shall play on the whole of the asp, And the winged child shall put his hand on a cockatrice' den. That's unheard of now. That's a very poisonous snake. Can kill you in a moment. They shall not hurt nor destroy. Notice that. Verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's what's coming. Now, then, if you will, go back to Romans 8, verse 22. Romans 8, verse 22. Paul said, "For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. This world longs to be delivered." From the mess that we're in. I truly believe that the storms, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, floods, tsunamis, volcanoes, all of these things that are natural disasters, I believe is creation groaning and travailing to be delivered from the curse And it's all man's fault. It's longing to be delivered. And I believe the closer that we get to that time, the more and more of these type of things is going to increase. All right, Romans 8, verse 23, and we'll close it out. Romans 8, verse 23, And not only they, but ourselves, also, There should be a longing in the heart of the believer, a longing in the heart of the child of God to be delivered. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. That's that tiny portion I was talking about a while ago, that down payment that we have in our hearts and lives right now. Uh, it's only a little bit. It's the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. In other words, we're waiting for this time in which we'll receive a glorified body and we will receive the rest of what Jesus paid such a price for us to have. Praise God. And it's all going to start With the resurrection rapture of the church. Which could take place at any moment. Praise God. The trump of God is going to sound. And I believe it's closer than than we think. And I also believe that. The church as a whole. Has but a short time. To do what we're going to do. For the work of God to gather in the harvest before this time of judgment comes upon planet Earth.